What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of VGM Generations. I'm Mike Posbon, and with me, as always, is Aaron Balauchak and Jordan Belinsky. Alex the Messenger 94, we are back. <laughs> God, I wish I had your energy for this. Uh, hey, man, we got to be pumped up. It's <laughs> like a month off. I've been storing I've been storing the what's up everybody yeah. for a month. That's, yeah. all, that's wow. a long time. You're like the genie that just came out after 10,000 years. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, for those that don't know, and if for joining us the first time, VGM stands for Video Game Music, and we are taking you through those generations. Basically, once a week, three friends with varied gaming backgrounds get together and take you through some of their favorite music from the games they love. And remember to stick around to the end of the episode for the contest details, just like Gordon Bird of Calgary, Alberta did last month. And so he's our big winner, and he wins two games because it was a crazy giveaway last month, but he gets two games. I can't remember all of them, but <laughs> I'll message him and he'll pick. And uh, yeah, thanks, Gordon, for, for listening, for being a dedicated listener. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Gordon versus Bird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so for this month, though, we are talking about puzzle games. We have an all new topic for you. And uh, so I'll kick it off. And my pick for my first puzzle game is a little game came out on the PlayStation 3 and the PSP. For you guys, remember you guys who remember the PSP? I love the uh, <laughs> that flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, do you remember the uh, step your game up commercials? No. Marcus PSP. No. Oh wait. Oh, that was the best. Maybe because they had the they had the uh, Kev. Uh, was it Kevin? Oh, the guy the, with uh, the tie. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Sony Kevin. rep guy. The yeah. Sony rep who was like head of or VP of whatever on mm-hmm. the commercial was. And then they were like, for the PSP, they're like, we need more tood. So they brought in this little black Marcus kid. And he, he was like, I remember PSP, that. PSP, step your game up. Marcus, <laughs> PSP. It was so good. It was great. But anyway, so this was a game called Echo Chrome. Uh, the track is named uh, Prime 233. And we'll come back to that in a bit. Um Developed by a company called Game Yaruze, I'm going to say. Y-A-R-O-U-Z-E. And Japan Studio. Um, Yaruze. There you go. And published by uh, Sony Computer Entertainment in the year 2008. Uh, The music was by Hideki Sakamoto. So um, this is a really interesting, a really uh, unique puzzle game because it's a totally perspective-based puzzle game. Now, since this game has come out, there's been some... uh, Imitators, if you will, or maybe not imitators, but inspired by. Uh, but um, to my knowledge, this game was the first of its time, and it's because it was based on a, a special engine that was built, uh, that not built by the game director or the developer, but built by another guy at Sony, and then somebody saw his demo and was like, this is cool, let's turn this into a full game. I'm pulling out my phone right now because I'm going to test you on that because I may have a game that came out before it. Okay. <gasps> keep, keep going. All right, anyway. <laughs> so uh, so the engine is called the Object Locative Environment Coordinate System, developed by Jun Fujiki, um, which in which uh, movement constraints are not defined by just the 3D coordinates of objects, but also the position of the camera as well. So um, the game is inspired by, uh, I'm going to say, Oscar Rudevard, Impossible Shapes, and he was inspired by MC Escher. So I'm sure everybody's seen these Impossible Shapes. It's like the Impossible Triangle or the Impossible... Uh, well, the famous MC the Escher painting is, or picture is the staircase that kind of yep. goes and then it turns and then it like yep. doesn't really connect, but it all just keeps going and looping around. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's also there's a common one that's almost like a uh, it's like a tuning fork kind yeah, of image. Yeah, it's the trident. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, called the, the Impossible trident. trident. Yeah, the so awesome trident it looks like three cylinders, but then when you go back, one like flattens out. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it can't... It, it's... Possible to draw, but impossible to create in three D sh- in three D space. Yes, based on those like perspective puzzles and drawings that uh, were were impossible perspectives. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, this game is all based around that. So you have a little uh, like ma- mannequin thing, like a little drawing statue guy, and he just walks endlessly. And he'll if he hits the end, he'll just do a one eighty, or if he hits a corner, he'll take the corner. And there's five laws in the game. So there's perspective traveling, perspective landing, perspective existence perspective absence and perspective jump. So for example, perspective traveling, that's like the easiest one to, to explain. So if say you're on like a impossible triangle, if you view it from the side, it's open, but then as you turn the camera, the triangle closes and then you can walk around that corner. So stuff like that. I feel like they could have taken the word perspective out of that just to like help (laughs) shorten that every time you're reading it out. 
So the game I was thinking of was Lost in Shadow, which is also, it's actually a platformer based on perspective that uses the same idea of shadows and perspective to create platforms and 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 gaps and yada yada but i just looked it up yeah you're i'm you're technically ahead. right I'm technically no no, right no. you are right you are right because you're because echo yeah. chrome came out earlier oh did it okay yeah. Yeah. and it's actually funny because echo chrome 2 was based on shadows exactly what you're describing okay was based on um it was the same sort of game but it was it was actually a move game uh funnily enough for the ps3 and it was you held the move one like a flashlight and then you had to move the flashlight oh, to create so the cur- shadow that created like that you would like bridge gaps by holding it at like a steeper angle or something like that. Yeah. So, so it's almost like you're yeah, you're literally pointing a flashlight at and the screen casting yeah. shadows. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. That it was very cool. cool. So anyway, uh, we'll get into all the crazy music details after after we listen. But uh, this is Prime 22233 from Echo Chrome. say only because it's really fresh in my mind because I played The Witness recently is that in the world of The Witness there's a lot of that sort of perspective based puzzles where you have to be standing in the right spot in order to even see the puzzle and like different elements in the world will line up to combine to make it or and you have to like there's a tree in the foreground that could be blocking things so you have to get that into the right position which like goes way way off into the distance to form this perfect line kind of puzzle kind of thing yeah and not only that but there's other like just moments in the game where like say you'll be standing by a statue on the beach and if you stand in just the right spot it will line up so it's like holding hands with a, like a huge statue like on the other side of the island that kind of stuff and they don't really lead you into these moments they just you just have to kind of notice them as you walk by. That's really cool. Um, the witness is first person, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, that that would be the big difference here is that yep. the witness is all. It's you actually have to move your character around yep. to get that exactly. perspective. Exactly. You were looking. Here we're like spinning the the field of play, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to get into some more of the music stuff, which is pretty interesting. Um, so as you can, as you heard, uh, all of the music in this game is played by a string quartet. 
Uh, there's two violins, a viola, and a cello. And uh, the opening tracks for the PSP and the PS3 were different, but both of them had a uh, had an operatic vocals uh, on them. So that's very that was very interesting, and and those songs definitely stand out. Um, the other really interesting thing, which is something I always like to touch on, that I always seem like I'm constantly bringing up, is that. Uh, music looping and like video game music having to be loopable and stuff like that. So for this game, the game director and also uh, Sakamoto said that they didn't want the music to loop. It didn't feel right for this sort of classical music to be looping. So what they did, what they decided to do was just randomize the music. So when you play, if you play a level long enough, you'll actually hear every track in the game. Oh wow! Just randomly, no, in no particular order. So it'll loop through different songs, or is it one long continuous song that has different segments that change? So it's all the tracks in the game, and it'll yeah. just like so we'll drag from Trump, f- jump from like track twelve to two to eight to nine. Do they lead seamlessly into each other? Or is there a definite? The, I stopping think there's. Point? I think there's. It kind of like fades. Mm-hmm. There's so, like a fade in, fade out. Is it so random that you could possibly go through all the tracks and end on track two and start again on track two? Uh, I think they <laughs> developed it so that it was th- that it wouldn't repeat. So it's they like, didn't want re- repetition yeah, essentially. Yeah. So and that was the whole idea of the randomness was to, you know, leave out repetition. Yeah. So um, and the whole it's it's interesting. So I found this um interview that somebody did with Sakamoto uh talking about all of the stuff he did for this game, and it was just like it was a real challenge when he said when he saw the game for the first time, and he was like, I don't know what kind of music would fit this? Cause it's a very simple black and white line drawing game. Like there's very little in the way of visuals. So he's like, the music needs to be kind of stripped down too. It can't be big flashy, you know, exciting well, rock jazzy music with these very simple visuals. It doesn't fit somehow classical music. I don't know what it is about it, but, uh, it, it seems to help you focus better. I don't yeah, know. It, yeah. It, it feels when you're doing like a puzzler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, there's a game I may talk about later this month and the entire soundtrack for the game is based around classical music as well. Yeah. yeah so um, that was his thing is that he said like, I just want it to be more, more kind of calming and match the match the aesthetic. But the other thing was when you jump around to the music, like I, the one I just played you was, arguably a little more upbeat of, of all the songs. Cause a lot of them are very like peaceful and calming. Uh, prime five is everybody's like, seems to be the favorite is that it, cause it's just a very peaceful, like beautiful piece of music and you can just sit back and listen to it and relax. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, I, I, this was my favorite though of the, of the list, but the whole thing was, so the reason they chose prime numbers was that cause they were going to name it after, uh, what was it? philosophical terminology was what he was going to use at first. But then he was like, no, I think I don't want to influence the player in any way. That was his whole, his whole like uh, philosophy for this was like, I don't want to influence the player in any way. So like he didn't even want to put titles on the songs. So he just chose prime numbers, just random prime numbers. So that's like, it's very interesting. So, and then um, they recorded at this studio called noisy croak, which is a great name, I think. And, uh, they were just talking like it's interesting reading that interview and like you kind of get a perspective on the guy right away and he's just one of those like it's almost almost feels like a little pretentious but he's just like those quintessential artists where he's like music is art and I am making art and it's like it doesn't matter that it's for a video game it doesn't matter if it's for a movie or a TV show the music needs to stand on its own as art. And so that was really interesting. And he talks about, you know, the guys at Noisy Croak all being like super professionals and understanding, like all of them are proficient composers. Even the engineers are all proficient composers. And he's like, that's why they're so good. Yeah, I like all this talk about like uh, professionalism and pretentiousness, but Noisy Croak is such a yeah, goofy it's such a name. Well, because in, yeah. in, in very classic Japanese style, yeah. right? They take something very serious and they give it a silly <laughs> name. But uh, so I just want to read you one quote from that um, from that interview. So... He says, the success of a project from an artistic perspective and not necessarily from a marketing perspective is determined by having a firm grasp on the unique qualities of video game sound design and refining those techniques to the utmost. You often hear it said of video game scores, this is just as good as what you would hear in the movies, but my objective is to foster a different situation, one where it is often said about other media, this is just as good as what you hear in video games. And I just love that quote. So like, he's like, I'm going to elevate this entire, you know, when, some, when something is good, 
stop comparing it to the movies yeah. and compare it to what to it games. is, to yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was really cool. So, uh, and just one last thing about him is he's worked on some other stuff. He worked on uh, the original Bomberman. Uh, he worked on a Castlevania, Castlevania Judgment. Do you guys uh, know that one? Is that a I bad one? Played that one. <laughs> I don't know. A, I, I'm pretty sure that's the Castlevania fighting game that came out on the Wii. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Well, that might make sense for the last thing that he worked on, which was the newest Super Smash Bros. Okay. Well, I should he arranged say, for that. The Castlevania Judgment game. I can't speak to the music. The music might be the only great thing, thing about, about it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to some Castlevania judgment, but th- those are some other of his uh, highlights in his, uh, in his career. So yeah, that's Echo Chrome. And uh, speaking of Castlevania and I like to go on tangents cause it's what I do. Yeah. The, uh, Would be VGM. yeah, yeah. Well, the Castlevania, um, Netflix series is, oh. yeah, oh. it's, yep. yeah, it just came out. Yep. Have you watched any? No, it came out today but i mean okay. when people listen to this it won't it'll be have yeah. been a few days it'll have been a few so, days yeah but, i don't uh, know i, I like I, the i'm thing, curious see i want one of you to watch it because <laughs> you guys actually know castlevania oh yeah and then you can tell me if i need to know castlevania because i don't oh, right I, abs- I only know yeah. like the the, the well, simplest like two-line explanation of Castlevania. i am absolutely going to watch the first episode and see how it stacks up i don't think it really relates to heavily to the series like it's for, just like in the same yeah, universe but, if you and, will because the same guy is also um, he's been talking about doing his next project, which is Assassin's Creed, an animated Assassin's Creed series That'd for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from what I hear, that's also not going to involve any of like the, n- there's no uh, Ezio or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. no in-game character. Assassin. If the main character doesn't pull out Amir and admire himself <laughs> and, and fix his hair, I'm going to be very disappointed. I wanted them to have the name Belmont, but yeah. they could absolutely have that specific Simon Belmont if they wanted. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it live action or is it animated? It's animated. Oh, it is animated. Yeah, it's oh, okay. animated. It's a very anime style too. So I'm curious, you know, yeah, where it was I produced. Yeah, I remember seeing the first trailer, but I couldn't remember for some reason I thought it was live action, but thank but, God it's not. But, but curious. I'm going to check that out. Maybe we can uh, get off on another tangent in another uh, yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the next episode, <laughs> we'll, give our, we'll give our first episode review. Anyway, Jordan, what do you got for us? Well, I, I thought it was funny how you mentioned uh, the noisy croak as the recording studio for your for your uh, last pick because yeah that goes into some pretty specific fine detail and uh, <laughs> <laughs> for my that's game, what I like to do for my game I have nothing like that because the more I researched this game the more I kind of and 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 talking to Aaron and and a few other people the more I kind of felt like. Maybe this game isn't quite on everybody's radar like I thought it was. Uh, growing up with a very particular game, uh, you're you're under the false impression that everybody must know the game just because you played it. Oh yeah, so, like when you're a kid and you like mm-hmm. you're like this is the greatest game ever. Everybody yeah. knows this game, oh, yeah. and then oh, you yeah. grow up and you're like, no, no, I've no. never heard. Of <laughs> no, it was just a ra- well, maybe some of our listeners know the game. So this was the first game I ever played that uh, allowed me to fall in love with the puzzle genre, and this is the game Kickle Cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> every kid knows and loves. Okay, I you love Kickle. Kickle. <laughs> I know. Okay, so I so I know Aaron hadn't heard of it, and you I've never heard and of it. You laughed. So yeah, you no, no idea. I've never even heard of it. All right. The first okay. time I heard of it is when I read the title. So originally released in 1988 in arcades by the company Irem, which developed and published the game, then released in two years later in 1990 by on, on the Nintendo entertainment system, which was the first place I played it. Um, it's a puzzle game. You play a, a, a little small boy by the name of kickle. That's a very common name. Actually. See, I thought you were kicking over cubicles. It's an Icelandic name. It's very common <laughs> in Iceland. Um, and he, are had- you serious? Or are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think you're joking. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, I don't know. Okay. Probably. I'm going to guess that kickle is not a very common name anywhere. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never been to Iceland. Well, so he's a small boy and he has ice breath. And uh, this, how this story goes is that you wake up in your homeland called the fantasy kingdom. I know you guys always love when I go on. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Go on these stories. Oh, Iceland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hold on. It, it turns into Iceland. So you wake up in your homeland, the fantasy kingdom, to find all the people in the village are missing. And the land is completely frozen. Turns out there's a villain by the name of the Wicked Wizard King. <laughs> <laughs> and he has frozen everything and kidnapped all the people of your land. And he's put them into dream bags. 
Yeah. Dream bags. Yes. Dream bags. Um, so, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so the, the, the idea is that, um, what a weird premise <laughs> <laughs> you have to, which is so weird that, that the wizard, evil wizard king or whatever the hell his name is, is so generic compared to everything else that's happening here. Yeah. 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 Well, hold, let, let me go into the, so the, the, the forbidden or sorry, the forbidden, the fantasy kingdom, um, is divided into four different territories. There is garden land, fruit land, cake land, and toy land. And those are essentially the four worlds of the game. And every world has, uh, like there, there's an overworld map where it shows pieces on the board and you, uh, it's like Mario three, the overworld map where yeah. you jump from level to level. And once you go inside the level, that's where the game actually happens. Okay. And it's a platformer. It's no, well, it's an overhead or no, it's a, it's gotta be well, a puzzle. It's a, it's, a puzzle <laughs> yeah, it's a puzzle game, but I'm trying to, so in describing it in terms of what kind of puzzle, it's like an overhead moving around on a board. It's like a locked it's like camera. A board game. Yeah. Like think of link to the past where oh, okay. you're on a screen that doesn't move yep. and link moves up and down the screen jumping over pieces. So it's kind of like a chessboard, but instead of a chessboard, imagine it's um, like a puzzle scenario. And so playing as Kickle, um, you're, you're surrounded by um, pieces of the board that you can and cannot walk on. Um, you're on a piece of land that's surrounded by water and you have enemies on the board. And somewhere within that piece of the board, there's the dream bag. So the people from your village you're trying to save. So you'll have enemies coming at you you can freeze them with your ice breath. So when you freeze the bad guys, uh, they turn into ice blocks. And this is the main component of the game. When they're ice blocks, you can uh, essentially kick the block. And if the block lands in the water, it creates an expansion of the board. Oh, okay. um, you can also kick the ice block to go through bad guys as an attack move. And um, you can use it as a barrier, as a protection against other elements on the board that are coming at you. Uh, the other, the other ability that Kickle has is the ability to drop pucks, these ice pucks, <laughs> and they they're essentially putting up walls. So if you have, if you're overwhelmed, too many bad guys, put down a couple walls. You can protect yourself, and then they need to like try and get through it or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so essentially, it slows them down. you land on the board. You see where the pieces are that you need to collect. How do I get them? And that's the game. So as okay. you play through the game, it evolves, gets harder and harder. You go through the four kingdoms. Um, there's things like, uh, like springboards and, uh, tougher enemies, um, guys that can break through your ice. Um, you get, once you def uh, sort of defeat all the levels on the board, then you have a boss fight and you fight, uh, like giant chickens and turtles and they, um, it, it's, it's kind of neat. The boss fights are fun. And then once you defeat the four, the four bosses, and save the princess. Of course, there's a princess. Um, <laughs> this just came out of nowhere. I thought you were saving villagers in dream bags. <laughs> you you are, but somehow there's that, also a princess in a dream bag. Obviously, <laughs> a, a princess. So you you do the four kingdoms, you win the game, and then there's thirty bonus levels that you play afterwards. Thirty. Thirty. Wow, well, that's a lot of well, bonus. Every, the, so every world, every land. Like if you're playing uh, Toyland, for example. What I like about Toyland is the overworld map is shaped like a gun. Because <laughs> a gun is a great toy for kids. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so every every like land, like toy land, might have like twenty or thirty levels in it. So the levels aren't uh, they're not particularly long, but they're um, they're long enough. Like you play about twenty or thirty, and you move on to the next the next level. So there's um, there's that, um, and there's a, a like a password system too. So it's not like something you have to sit through and play in in one go. Mm. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So let's get into the first song. I'm just looking. I'm just looking at images. Yeah. Kickle Kewel. <laughs> oh, okay. It looks hilarious. Um, well, I don't, I don't know how to explain it because it's. Uh, yeah, that's why I had to look up an image. But now, now that I see it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like, it, it, well, no, it <laughs> I'm just gonna look at it and let it just not let make it not any ever sense. Make sense. It's just nonsense yeah, forever. I, I don't now. know if I'm explaining right. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So, anyways. Um, Sounds like a more complicated version of like the adventures of Lolo or something. That's a good way to put it. It's Lolo. Yeah. yeah but with yeah, it kind of reminds me almost of like Bomberman too on those, like where you like take the bomb and kick it and yeah, then yeah. it hits something and then explodes. Like that's kind of how, what it reminds me of. The weird thing I want to say now that we're at like a pause here, the weird thing is that, so you have ice breath, but the bad guy froze the land. Yeah. It, so it's and like, it turns out you're his son. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but <laughs> it's like it's like in Pokemon where yeah. like you fight like an ice Pokemon against another ice Pokemon, and it's a, it's not very effective. Like that's yeah, what yeah. I feel like. It's like what you should have like well, firepower. You know what I want to know is why the hell did this one kid have ice breath? Didn't all the villagers have ice breath too? No, like couldn't they? No, have you could argue that that's the special. only reason that he wasn't kidnapped and didn't uh, disappear yeah. was because he was the immune. only one with he's immune. A monster. He's immune <laughs> to ice. Because um, he's the son of the evil wizard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, he has Aaron his ice breath. Story. Yeah. <laughs> I like this story. I'd watch the movie. I'm going to wait for the kickle cubicle. The movie. You should uh, you should like buy the rights and then sell it to <laughs> <Yeah>. Netflix. <laughs> it <laughs> can be the next anything. big. It can be the next big game yeah. anime. It'll be kickle cubicle, Castlevania. Assassin's yeah. Creed Kickle Kickle. Yeah. It could be like the original Mario Bros. series, uh, cartoon <laughs> series where they show a preview for the next episode of yeah. The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> Huge tangent. Um, yeah, so well, he so Kickle's got his ice breath, so yeah, that's why he was unaffected. Um, there's really only one main theme to the song when you're playing the boards. Uh, there's, you know, there's the title theme, there's the credit music, but when you're on the game, in the game playing on the board, there's one song and that's the song we're going to hear. So without further ado, let's jump in and listen to the main stage theme to Kickle Cubicle from the NES. <laughs> song that plays on any stage any stage yes so, except right. boss fights okay. that's the only other exception so it only has two stack. songs and then like a title song or something? yeah there's so there's like a title song a boss song credit song there's a bonus world song and then there's the main song so so not a lot of music not a lot of music but you have to remember that this was an adaptation of an arcade game from 1988 so Pretty uh, early stuff, the, yeah. 88 had a lot of variation in the music, but I mean, you can you can uh, understand why there wasn't a lot oh, of Oh, you know what? Actually, I was just looking at images and I was like, this is a really good looking game, but I must have been looking at the arcade visuals, not the NES visuals, which is probably why I thought it looked so sharp. Maybe there's an HD remake coming out. Maybe. <laughs> there's not, not <laughs> the arcade version is not very common. I would bet that you were looking at NES? the NES. Okay. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a decent looking game then for its time for sure. I don't have much else to say about Did you the mention game. the composer? Uh, no, I should though. It's uh, Masahiko Ishida. Ish- okay. Masahiko Ishida. And uh, was really difficult to find who the composer was. Oh, and, this is uh, one of those where it was like mm-hmm. no oh, credits. Yeah. I had to like go down the rabbit hole just to, just to find basic information on this game. And uh, that's where I kind of learned that this game might be more of a, of a hidden gem than, than an actual common game that I always <laughs> thought it was. But where did you get it? I just always had it. So the thing is, <laughs> it just appeared one day. I just yeah, woke yeah, up exactly. one day and it was in my lap when I woke up. I'm like, what is this in the blankets? In my me? NES. <laughs> so, well, so I don't know. I don't know how, but um, when I was a kid, my dad rented this game and he rented it a few times and always said it was one of his favorite, one of his favorite games. And I always found it weird that it was one of his favorites, but it was like, one of the first times I'd ever played it. So I, I don't know if maybe he had secretly rented it and played it without me. 
So a lot of times, oh, betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of so I I got into it because of him because he rented it and uh, and like I said earlier, there's a password system in the game, so we would rent the game a few times. Yeah, that's and, nice for rental games. And back in those days, uh, the early days, you would have a piece of loose leaf and you would write <laughs> yeah. out the password. <laughs> I had like a Did you I, just have like piles of like random pages scattered around by your TV. I had uh, I did. Well, I, I did too, but, uh, so I had Kickle. So the main ones were the ones that I rented because the yeah. ones that I owned, I had probably had them memorized. The only, <laughs> That's crazy. so I had, I had Kickle cubicle written down, bubble, bubble, bubble written down because those were two that I never owned, but rented consistently. Um, Mega Man three, I owned it, but the password system was really big. Cause if everyone knows yeah, Mega Man yeah. two and three and four, they were like that dots. The grid where the grid you had the dots. Yeah. Like, and then every time you memorize a, that. Well, <laughs> and every time you'd beat another boss, the, the password would change and you have to rewrite all the dots. Yeah. I may have mentioned this before, but I have to mention our password systems because we didn't actually have a notebook. We had a gaming table set up in front of the TV, which was just two sawhorses and a big piece of plywood. So yeah. And we just, we, we know we wrote down all of the passwords directly onto this big board. So it was this enormous board and it was covered with uh, Metroid punch out Mega Man two. So those stupid grids are, are yeah. written all over it. <laughs> and like the Metroid passwords are ridiculously oh, yeah. long. Yeah. Do you have that? You didn't board, that still? board? No. Like, oh, was, you should have like saved it, like <laughs> have it in your basement on the wall. And when I say like a piece of plywood, this was, no, a, was this was like an enormous piece of, piece of plywood. This is something you would use to like build your floor out of. So. Yeah. The, <laughs> the most impressive thing I think I had written down, and this is uh, thanks to my mom, was we would all play Mario 3 together. And my mom had written down every single solution to the end card game in Mario 3. <laughs> because what wow. would happen is we would complete a board or uh, an, end, an end card screen and once it was done or just about done, she would write down she would every scenario. Like, all the she would write down the layout of the board and then we would play it again. Oh, it's a different one. She would write it down. And then eventually it got to the point where everyone yeah, knows you not, kind of, yeah, there's, there's like 20 or 30, right? You start getting repeats and then you realize, okay, I've covered every, every possible outcome in the game. So what you do is you look for the rare ones. You say, okay, there's usually a one up here or here. So you pick it. If it's not a one up, then you've eliminated some off the board and you're like, okay, then it must be this one. And you within, without, without, getting to your two wrong guesses, you can a hundred percent of the time guess what the board is a hundred percent of the board. <laughs> oh, so, wow. uh, so I'd have like these three or four pieces of paper and I would flip through them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, That's I got to cool say one. to our listeners too, that uh, if you didn't have Jordan's mom's cheat sheet, here's an old tip for those of you playing uh, super <laughs> Mario three, who, if you don't know this already is that on that end card game, the last three in the very bottom row are always mushroom flower star. So if you pick one, in the Randomly bottom, in the board on the bottom row and the bottom right. So at the very last cards on the bottom row are always mushroom, flower, star in that order. And so if you actually pick so something. So if you hit a star, yeah, just you go hit to a star, the bottom right. You go to the bottom right you know you got and you've got it. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. That's true. Because the first. <laughs> this, is getting, know, yeah. the this is getting uber nerdy. But yeah. uh, so the first out of the three is sometimes a one up. Out of which? So I'd, I'd need to Top be looking left at or bottom right. You said bottom right. Bottom right. You said bottom right, right. The last three. Far yeah. right. Yeah. So I need to be looking at how many pieces are on the board, mm -hmm. but I know that one of the first or the second that you mentioned does change because that's how I know to trigger this half or that half. I wonder how far in that triggers because that that trick has worked consistently for me. I would say it probably works a lot of the time, yeah. but not a hundred percent of the time. Okay. Cause I know, cause I know there, cause that's how I know. I always pick I one know, of I'm those doing cards. A I'm doing a quick check. The real way to do a check is I'm going to go home and I'm going to play super Mario three. And no, see I know. I'm up. just looking yeah. at all the sheets that like yeah. people, people have just screenshotted now. Yeah. yeah. And so far I can't find something that proves Aaron wrong. Can you yeah, turn? No, I can think you, he's can right. You, can you turn the screen? Because I, I, I don't <laughs> actually, it's risky, I don't actually know which which. Uh, not yeah. that I'm saying your mom's a liar. So no, it, okay, so it's a it's a no, great it's like five cross three down, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you if you go to the bottom right Row. hand corner, yeah. the bottom right hand corner of the grid, yeah, right, yeah, if, and going backwards, it's star flower mushroom every time from yes. that bottom right hand corner. Okay. moving left. I need to look because I don't want to. <laughs> no, he's right. He's right. No, no. And, I, and I'm not saying that he's wrong unless I can see it. And, and, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Cause <laughs> I'm not looking at this and I don't know exactly, but anyway, you I'll never look I've at seen the cheat sheet. That's just, that's just the rule that we discovered. Oh, oh. Nope. 
Oh, the note. There's some. There's some exceptions. Is there one that has a one out? <gasps> there's one that has Bowser. What? No, that's not. That's not Mario Three though. Yeah, because there, oh, there were no World Bowser Night? cards. That's in uh, the, one of the new Mario games. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Never but mind. anyways, uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell, he's right. This but is that, a very controversial tip. <laughs> so, you know, use it at your own risk. It's easier <laughs> if I'm looking at the actual screen to know what I'm talking about because yeah. I could be arguing with you and, and be totally off base without knowing what I'm talking about. So enough of that. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, I don't even know if I want to go back to Kickle Cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we should I, probably just but leave I, it. I do oh. want to say, I do want to say, if you have no idea what Kickle Cubicle is, and you have no idea what it is still after me talking about it, which is very likely. Look it up. Just Google it. Look at it. And uh, it's it's interesting. If you're into puzzle games, if you're into old school NES games, you might really, really like this one. Because I would say it's one of the best puzzle games of the 80s and 90s era. Very cool. I want to play it. I just don't want to have to say it a lot because it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's a tongue twister. All right. Aaron, what do you All got right. for us? All right, you other guys. than other than controversial Mario three tips. <laughs> I mean, you guys in your like obscure games and nobody's heard of. I well, think. I don't think Echo Chrome was that bad, but <laughs> maybe not. I mean, it's on the PSP, and you know, I mean, yeah. ten people own the PSP, so hey, Marcus, PSP, step your game up. <laughs> and I, I picked uh, a game called um, Star Wars Chess on the Sega CD. I love it. No, I'm a liar. Okay. I didn't pick that at all. <laughs> and like, really? thinking, that's not in my folder. No, so. I was like, did I miss something? No, I picked I picked Portal. That's Everybody loves Portal. Portal's great. Yes. That's right. But I didn't pick Portal. I picked Portal 2. Oh, so okay. I, so people heard Portal, and I'm sure they thought I was going to talk about Still Alive. Which, I, think, you know. I think it probably popped into all of our minds at some point <laughs> yeah. when, we, when we said puzzle game. Yeah. Right? Puzzle yeah. game music. It's like, I think it's probably of the modern era, the most iconic puzzle game song. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everybody knows portal. I mean, yep. everybody loves portal Two. Portal two is arguably the, you know, it's the best, it's the better game. It's the better iteration. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's what I was going to ask is because I've played very little of one and I played the shit out of two. Yeah. So actually <laughs> one of my very good friends disagrees. And what he said... And he's he, still a very good friend. <laughs> <laughs> we go back a little further than Portal. He's forgiven. But, uh, yeah. but his his argument was that the puzzles were slightly easier in Portal 2 because there was less wall space that you could fire the portals at. And so that therefore, like in you know how in the room there's tiles you can shoot at and tiles you can't shoot yeah. at? He, <laughs> Aaron just has arms up to raise an objection. Okay, okay, just give me. <laughs> let me explain. His <laughs> argument was that the it made it easier because they gave you less ways to be wrong, if you will. I would say that yes, in Portal Two, the main single player game yes. did that, but Portal Two is in fact two games. Yes, two games. Yeah. There is the main single player game and then there is the co-op multiplayer game and the co-op multiplayer game. Is, the puzzles are much harder. Yes, they are. Yeah. So I would argue that, the you know, you want I, your difficulty. You go and you play that co-op multiplayer. I have a story about the co-op multiplayer, <laughs> but I'm going to save it for after the music. <laughs> right, so go ahead. All right. all right. So continuing on, let's let's go with some real facts here. So Portal 2. Developed by Valve, published by Valve. Valve, who can do no wrong in the eyes of many gamers. Valve, who used to make games and yeah, now just make money. Will, we will never see a Portal 3. <laughs> nope. But as we've established before, that anytime you have a game series, number two is, always is the, the winner, right? Yeah. And they're allergic to three. And <laughs> they're allergic to three. Yes, they are. You know, the endless joke of, of Half-Life's and whatnot. Anyway, um, speaking of Half-Life, this uh, was, let me think. No, no, that, that was wrong. I was going to say that the composer of this probably composed on Half-Life, but I didn't see that in his credits, even though he's... Big Valve guy, and he's composed for a few things. His name okay. is Mike Morisky, and uh, he's this Renaissance guy. Works for Valve. He's plays in bands. He's uh, he's composed for not just the Portal series, Portal One, Portal Two. He composed for Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two and Team Fortress Two. So you know some of the big name hits over there at Valve, as well as being a Renaissance man and all his musical um, talents. I was also surprised to learn that this guy was an animator. Wow. That's cool. Who worked on visual effects on The Matrix and The Lord of the Rings. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, what a renaissance. Yeah, man. he did uh, some of the crowd effects for Lord of the Rings and The Matrix. So he's oh, like yeah. the Da Vinci of our he's time. He's the Da Vinci of our time. <laughs> and he sometimes he composes music for Valve. So <laughs> that's, that's very cool. Mike Morrisky. What a, I would love to meet this man. <laughs> And the uh, track that I picked, one thing I just want to mention quick about the soundtrack for Portal 2 is that it said... 
the game is both scored and has procedurally generated music. Now, I'm not really sure where in the game that procedurally generated oh, music appears. I, w- I would guess it's uh, like when you beat a level, but you have to enter like a certain zone mm-hmm. and then the story needs to kick in and then the voices come in like Wheatley and and Gladys or whoever, yeah. right? Like how how like you beat the level and it triggers an event that that might be how the music changes. Yeah, I'm not, I, I wasn't really sure. Cause I mean, obviously there's like, most of the soundtrack that I listened to was composed music. So maybe there's at some point in the game random, it's a very electronic soundtrack. Like yeah. it's very like, it's almost like, you know, those see those videos online of people playing music on hard drives. Yeah, they've each got a hard drive that like it. plays I a different love it note. So much. That's what the soundtrack <laughs> reminds me of. It's, it okay. feels like that to me. So um, it almost feels like, you know, maybe they just have all these like, electronic tones and then as you're playing through it that it can like procedurally just call on these tones to match whatever you're doing that kind of thing now i can't verify that that's actually what's happening but i could see it because of the sort of almost constructed nature of this of this game i mean if you've played portal you know it's really interesting how you walk into a room and the room will like the tiles will flip around and platforms will raise up and it'll rearrange itself, which really fits. Yeah, it becomes the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. It's and, very cool. And even in the co-op mode, which I'm going to talk about um, because of the song I picked, is that you play as these two robots. So in the main game, you play as the protagonist of the series, Chell, mm-hmm. and you've got the companion Wheatley, who's this little robot guy. He's yeah. an eyeball of some sort. Yeah. And he's he's follows you around. It's Stephen Merchant, right? Stephen Merchant. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pops in and out of walls and follows exactly. you around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's you and, uh, in the most basic sense, I don't want to give away the game just in case people haven't played it, it's sort of you and him against GLaDOS. The, uh, the villain malevolent. from one. Yes, villain from one. And uh, in the multiplayer version, you are play as a robot team, which is kind of like this Abbott and Costello kind of Laurel and Hardy kind of team yeah. where you've got Atlas and Peabody. One is like this tall, skinny robot. One is this short, fat robot. Mario and, and Luigi. They're Mario and <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> to put it into a more modern context. Uh, talk about yeah. Laurel and Hardy and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I didn't know what you're talking about, <laughs> Anyway, it's, it's, it's the tall, skinny guy and the short, fat guy. Yeah, it's a comedy. It's a timeless comedy trope. Comedy trope. Yeah. And uh, at the beginning of the multiplayer, what it does is it actually shows the Aperture Science um, factory assembling these two. So it's like putting them together and then they sort of like have a goofy little intro where they wave at each other and then they get shoved into these tests, which Gladys is putting them through. Now, the uh, track that I picked doesn't actually appear in the game. It's from the trailer, the first trailer for the co-op multiplayer. And it's very reminiscent of the song that plays while you're watching that little cutscene of the robots being put together. And the song is called You Will Be Perfect. And I love that because you have to think, read that in like GLaDOS's voice. <laughs> She's assembling these to be her perfect test subjects. Yeah, yeah. So I guess without further ado, let's jump right into the song. It's You Will Be Perfect from the co-op multiplayer trailer for Portal 2.
very similar to the song from the that cutscene, but it's uh, it just had a better energy to it. So yeah, I, 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 I I've that. picked a trailer music I think at least once or twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trailers often have fantastic music, yeah. right? So and this song actually is the first track from Volume Two of the Portal Two soundtrack. So it's popular okay. enough to lead off that. that yeah, yeah. Usually they throw it right at the end. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. The soundtrack is called, and I like this too, it's called Songs to Test By. And on the soundtrack, uh, Mike Moraski is credited as the head of Aperture Science Psychoacoustics Laboratories. <laughs> wow. That's perfect. Yeah. That's so perfect for the game. Mike, you and I were playing Portal 2 at my house. Is that, is that right? Or was it you and you and me were playing? We, we played. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, because I, yeah, yeah, I remember... Uh, on the, kept, P, the PS3 version. My, but my copy kept bugging out for some yeah, reason. Yeah, which made me sad. Yeah. I've never actually, here's my dark secret, is I've never actually finished the multiplayer on Portal 2. Okay, uh-huh. so this leads perfectly into my story. Nor have I. And the reason is, so Mikey gets Portal 2 a little late. Yeah. Bought on the Steam sale, got it for a dollar or whatever it is, because they always sell yeah, yeah. the portals for like dirt. And so uh, pick up Portal 2. Very excited. Burn through the single player. Talk with my friend about it, how he thought the single player was easier, so on and so forth. And then it's time to play the multiplayer. Who do I play with? All my friends who either don't care or have already played it and beaten it. And like pretty recently, like in the mm. last couple months. So they're like, and I since don't, it's a puzzle game, you know, you don't want to play through yeah, it again because you've solved the puzzles, the fun out of it. especially if you're playing it with somebody who has played it. Yeah, they know the solution. Exactly. Yeah. So takes all the fun out of it. So yeah. they're like, no. So I was like, me and Steph, it was pretty early in our relationship. So maybe a year or two in, maybe. So um, we start playing it. And it's like the first few puzzles, right? And so, uh, I and I think I've talked about this, but <laughs> we play games totally differently. Like, uh, I, I did talk about this because I talked about it with Zelda and how, like, I, I barrel through games a little more. She's more like you, Aaron, where yeah. it's Collect basically everything. do zigzags yeah. across the map. And so, but it's a puzzle game, right? And the first few things, it's like run up, press the button, mm-hmm. right? And she's like messing around, looking around. And I'm like, just go press the button. <laughs> and like, and it was like, like we got through like maybe two puzzles and it was just like, yeah, we should probably stop. Cause it's like, <laughs> this might be the end of the relationship right there. So that's I funny. Never, Cause I, I was going to say that, that's the perfect comedy setup right there. You've got oh, yeah. Alice and Peabody to a T. You've got like, yeah, the brash, oh, foolhardy nut who just runs into danger, and yeah. then you know. But in the well, real world, that's not so comedic, and it's a little <laughs> more just annoying. So neither of you have have beaten the co-op, so maybe you should play together. Yeah, then we could report I, back. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. should. Do that. I really, really want to finish the multiplayer. I want to play it. Period. Like do you it, think you would remember the puzzle? It's been a long time. I'm probably not. Yeah. I mean, my my memory. I, I don't remember the beginning of this podcast. Per- so. hey, I know what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing I love is I, I the care that went into actually crafting this as a multiplayer experience is great. The whole intro, oh, yeah. where it separates you at first, and you have to like answer these series of questions, and like. And it's all done, like, narrated by GLaDOS, and it's just hilarious yeah. how she berates There's something about you, that GLaDOS voice, And she's right? like, we'll say, like, one of you is my favorite. I'm not telling you which one. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she'll, like, put, put, like, kind of always put you down and try and build you up, and it's it's just great how well, it it's like it's like a... Like a schemy parent pitting their children yes. against each other it, to be like to be the favorite child. Right? It's totally that. It's, it's manipulating. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. manipulative. Yeah. yeah. But that that goes for the the single player too. Like yeah. if you haven't played it, like the comedy is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game. It's very good. Yeah. And I I love how they were able to like roll that into a completely like separate experience with this co op multiplayer that. Uh, just works so well uh, and it forces you to cooperate in, in such a unique way. I actually think that game is top notch. And yeah. here's my weird, it's a masterclass in puzzle games, right? Which is also funny considering that I had it on the PS3 and I actually gave that copy away. I traded it in. I, I don't know. Maybe I even mentioned on the podcast once, I but I went to oh, this, you know what? Yeah, like, I know what there's you're going to say. Yeah. This promo at a store where you like bring in a, copy of a game, I any game, it, yeah. and you could trade it in for like these brand new games. One was Assassin's Creed Black Flag and one was the newest Battlefield. Yeah. And uh, I brought in Portal 2 because I'm a scammer and the when fact, you, the fact you, that I owned Portal 2 on the PS3 means I automatically owned a download copy on Steam. So 
Oh, really? So, it's not, giving oh. it away just means that I, had I don't have a physical PC copy anymore. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> and I got another free game out of it. So that's that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good scheme. I got him. <laughs> you also gave that was that your um you also gave away that other game. 3D too. Dot Game oh. Heroes. Yeah. That one, was one the of same my day. favorite games. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't regret giving that away and I don't have another copy. So oh, that's all right. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's it for Portal 2. But Aaron, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? And it's been a whole month. What have you been playing for the last month? Still, <laughs> you know, still Zelda. Give me everything. You know, last time we were talking about Zelda, and I could still say Zelda because the DLC but, just came out. And I have been playing the DLC have of you Zelda, been but I'm, DLC? I'm not, I actually beat it all in one day. Which is, really? too, which is too bad. Here, I'll say, I just want to talk about Zelda just for one brief <laughs> moment. This is very brief. Never in the sense that, I don't want to uh, talk about Zelda, but I want to talk about Zelda. In the sense that yeah. I just, I fired up the DLC and I blazed through it. Okay. But, um, but which that is too was bad. because yeah. you need to put that in perspective. That's because you beat the game to almost 100%. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I would sort of recommend this to anyone else playing is if you haven't hopefully you haven't beat the game yet and do want to play the dlc because i wish that i had had that dlc in the middle of the game rather than that at the end that's because it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's not the sort of stuff that really works to like go back to and be extra content it's sort of stuff that works like, like i wish i had this with, while yeah. i was playing the game it doesn't right? ruin the experience if you get it too early you can get that on day one of playing the game yeah. and it helps because i'm i'm not done the game but i'm very close to the end and i 100 percent agree yeah uh, but i found the dlc stuff to be great like the actual uh, the trials stuff was a lot of fun and i like that because it's a puzzle yeah it's sort a, of, it's a yeah. challenge in a way and so, I, I really enjoyed that. And of course, there's a lot of outfits and stuff like that. I love that, that you throw. It's a puzzle. It's related to what we're talking about. And I was going to say, so we'll be talking about Zelda next week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But <laughs> Some Zelda puzzle Did game. you have something you want to say? No, that oh, was it. <laughs> I, I, was, I just want to say that I don't want to talk about Zelda because I, I just know, started hard. a new game. Which was? Which is, uh, which is Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh, that's a good game. Uh, you played that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Have, on, you, have you finished it? No. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I, I, no, no spoilers go, anyway. No, there wouldn't be any spoilers. Like I said, I only really just started it. And I got like I, halfway through the game and then life got in the way. I so. can totally see that being your type of game because if people don't know, it is a Metroidvania style yeah. game. Yeah. So it is absolutely that. You've got a map that is revealed as you explore it. It's 2D side scrolling. You gain power ups to access new areas. And the, did you cry? At the beginning? <laughs> Jesus, they just hit you right out of the gate, don't yeah, they? Yeah, very like, emotional. What the hell? You played it? I, play, I played the demo, actually, which has yeah. the it intro has the of the game, and I was like, my God, I, I played it. So here's the worst part. I played it in an EB Games. <laughs> and I'm like standing in this EB Games, and Steph is next to me, and I'm like getting like a yeah. little misty-eyed, and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like... This game. Well, the, the, the man manager is, comes and gives you yeah, a hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the prologue is super emotional. I think they do a really good job of setting up this relationship in a short amount of time. Yeah. They actually show... It's like the Disney almost. Yeah, they show the passage of time between these two characters and also do like... They don't have a lot of time to set it up, but they do these little things just to show how strong their bond is. Yeah. And yeah, there's like very little dialogue. It's all just, yeah. Or maybe there's none. There's narration by the tree of life or yeah, whatever the hell yeah. it is. But, and, but you get that emotion just from watching these sprites move around. Yeah. But the, the characters that are involved in that relationship, they never speak. Yeah. They have, they don't say a word mm -hmm. and you're but just you sort of following their story. Everything is represented and you completely understand yeah. everything that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they just Good hit visual. you right in the gut yeah. right out of the gate it's and like, I didn't uh, expect it. It's, it's like a Pixar movie. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like up because yeah. in, yeah. yeah. in the first it's five, exactly like the first five minutes, it sets the tone and you're crying and you're like, I just started the movie. Exactly. And I mean, one thing I'll say about it is that I, I'm really excited to be playing it because I've had it in my Steam list forever. Okay. And it is an absolutely beautiful game. Yeah, gorgeous. Just yeah. like that kind of painted style visuals. Oh, it's and like beautiful. It's like, it looks like a way forward sort of like painted, yeah. very yeah. beautiful game. The yeah. animation cool. in it is gorgeous. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> for this is a weird sort of comparison, but it sort of reminded me of the original Prince of Persia because I remember Prince of Persia used rotoscoping yeah. to, which was, at the time. Which was sort of new at the time. And it had a smoothness to the animation that was sort of unheard of. The way you sort of move through the environment, grab ledges, pull yourself up, you'd duck and you'd run. When you'd stop and turn, like it was all very, very fluid and realistic. Yeah, it's and one of those kind times of as a kid me. where you're like, it'll never get better. Yeah, <laughs> This is exactly. the best it'll ever get. <laughs> but this reminds me of that because just yeah, to watch the very character of, of Ori run through this environment looks just awesome. It's just fantastic. And I'm... I'm 
super excited yeah, to it's very cool. get further in. I'm not that far in, but it's, uh, you know, it's been a while since I played a good Metroidvania game, and I need a break from the epic uh, Zeldas of the world. So. Yeah, no. Also, yep. they just announced it E3. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Yeah, that, you know, that's why... <laughs> Oh, you can you talk jam- about it, but in? that is the reason that I started playing it, yeah. actually. So. so if you don't know and you're listening, um, yeah, E3 this last year, they announced the sequel. So. Mm-hmm. Or, or E2, yeah. Or yeah. E2, whatever it's called. And, <laughs> and, and I don't and think they have a The subtitle. trailer for it at E3 looked so nice yeah. that it finally it put it back on my radar, which, cool. was, which was fortunate. Because it was always one that I wanted to play, and it just kept slipping and slipping and slipping. But that's, that's propelled me to actually do this thing. And... Uh, the Steam version actually came with two versions, like the regular edition and what's called the definitive edition. And I actually don't know. I think it got. Uh, I think it got more levels. Oh, did it? I, or, oh. Or, or like an extra area or something like that. I might be totally off base with that, but I, I remember hearing that. Yeah, I don't know what I, I have no idea what the difference is, but uh, I'm playing the definitive edition. So why not? It's the, it's the yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the definitive. That's a good game. So for once. Money begs Balauchuk <laughs> provides us with a good pick. Or in <laughs> Some, the blind force. Something forest. we can buy for people. Yeah, something we can put in the giveaway. So yeah. Or in the Blind Forest is a perfect, perfect giveaway game. So yeah, we'll add that to the giveaway. And uh how you win that giveaway is the same as always. Hop onto Twitter and interact with us in any which way you choose. Tell us we're awesome. Uh, send us a message <laughs> to ask if we're us. dead. Yeah, yeah, tell us you missed us. That's always good. Alex. That, that, uh, that pads, the, pads the ego nicely. But uh, yeah, any, uh, any sort of interaction on Twitter. And um, I'm actually going to extend this out today. I Just today, I, uh, I was like, we're getting back. I got to do something for the podcast today. And I was like, I'm going to set up a Facebook page. For anyone who hates Twitter, VGM Generations now has a Facebook page. And it's just at VGM Generations. So if you want to reach out on Facebook instead and you just hate 140 character limits or whatever and you want to just rant and rave about how great we are feel free hop on facebook it's a perfect format to actually argue with us over things that we got wrong that's true yeah you can you can give us that uh that uh you know tell us what we're all wrong about and why we're so awful or tell us how great we are whatever whatever you feel like i'm good with both any attention's good any attention's good and it it all counts for your entry into the contest tell us what songs we should have picked yes because if we ever do a part two it's kind of nice to know yeah then i well and it has worked in the past that people have complained that uh we didn't my song didn't get in the in the episode then i'm (laughs) like all right there you go there it is suck (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah so that's the contest so that is it for this episode of VGM Generations, and we will come back at you next week with a uh, another puzzle game episode. Ooh, we're